well, I could sell you some of my Adderall if you want. No thanks, I'm off pills. That's a wise choice because I knew this girl who like had this crazy freak out because she took too many behavioral meds at once and she like ripped off her clothes and dove into the fountain at the Ridgedale Mall and was like, Bly, I am a Kraken from the sea. I heard that was you. Oh, well, you know, it's good to see you, Suchin. Good to see you too. <laughs> I love that. that uh, I hadn't seen Juno since 2014. I just watched it really randomly one weekend with my sister in Fayetteville. And nice. I, I was like, oh, yeah, she's a like character in this. And then that's the only scene she shows up in. I was like, oh, yeah, that's just, yeah that was it. But she holds a sign. All babies want to get borned and says get borned, which is get not borned. Get borned. I also fingernails so, fact. the what the fingernails fingernails. It's a great little touch. Um, how many of Jason Reitman's movies have y'all seen? I I don't know off the top of my head. Hold I on, let me look at my. This is probably my only one. I was looking at. Thank you for smoking up in the air. Young adult Labor Day. Men, women, and children in Tully. This is the only one. Yes, only one. I have seen up in the air and young adult um i would like to see those two i would also like to see tolly is this ivan reitman's son yes yes who's also wow. directing the upcoming ghostbuster mo- ghostbusters movie oh where do y'all thought that y'all's thoughts on that are y'all ghostbusters fans I, i've only i really are, like the first are y'all busters the second one I've only seen the first one and then we I've watched seen it together remake. olivia we did watch it together yeah, yeah. and yeah. that was kind of it was weird because there was a bunch of people. Like it was a, it was a. It was like Tyler Ramsey and Ben Like. Yeah. yeah. But was, I was I like, if it's aged as well. I think I watched it last October. I don't know if it's aged as well. Uh, did not. I don't think it has. But. But still, like. It was funny. I'm back really... off, man. I'm a scientist. <laughs> 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 I went in, after I watched that movie. I went and visited one of my professors, who's a physical geographer, and I. I'm talking to him about an assignment or something. I look over on the wall and someone had like engraved that quote and like a cowboy with his hands up and it says back off, man, I'm a scientist. And I was like, Ghostbusters. And he's like, you, you've seen Ghostbusters. He was like, amazed. <laughs> yeah. I imagine not, part of me feels like more people our age should have seen it, but maybe not at that point in our lives. I bet it's about a toss up of like people our age who are knowledgeable about movies like between this and back to the future just like the big movies from the 80s yeah it's like if you've seen anything you've seen one of those too my parents one night when i was like 11 or 12 in the summer all my older siblings were out of town and they were trying really hard to do something fun with me and my younger siblings and my dad said we're gonna rent back to the future back to the future so great like so awesome you're gonna love it. it's hilarious it's fun i was like okay cool let's watch it and back to the future has a ton of language in it because it was before <laughs> 13 rating yeah and we got to the part and i was really digging it we got to the part where uh oh, i was 11 or 12 okay the delorean wow. disappears like you know the movie starts with marty turning up the amp and then just like blowing the hell out of the amplifier and like flying back and like hitting the wall and stuff and everything, everything, uh, it like starts with rock and roll. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I'm into this. And then my dad's like, this is terrible. There's so much language in this. And I was like, all right. <laughs> all but right. It should until 10, 10 years later. That's funny. That reminds me of watching movies with my dad. He would also be kind of angry when there's a lot of cussing, but 
completely fine with like heads exploding and bodies just hitting the floor. Yep. See, my parents did not care about the cussing as much as maybe other types of things. Like there was a lot of nudity that would probably be a that was a big deal, but like cussing didn't really matter. Oh, huh, so. interesting. Yep. No, my parents were bothered by everything. So <laughs> not being able to see back to the future when i'm 12 but anyway back to back to reitman yeah 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 Uh, ghostbusters yes yeah ghostbusters but i'm i'm intrigued by the new ghostbusters movie i mean carrie coon paul rudd yeah oh new cast yeah Mm -hmm. no nothing from the other ghostbusters with i bet bill murray's gonna show up wasn't there like a, a reboot like the or yeah, they, with the all-female cast basically did a yeah a gender swap and it was an all-female cast uh with kristen wig melissa mccarthy uh kate mckinnon and leslie, leslie jones, jones and chris hemsworth um, and chris hemsworth was their like secretary um and i can't remember which, if it was melissa mccarthy's character or kristen wig but one of them was like i just don't see it like what why do you guys keep talking about how attractive he is um which of course is funny because chris hemsworth is like very like most people would say he's very attractive i remember uh i remember kelsey broderick like blasting people on social media who were saying that the movie sucked i'm pretty sure i might be of like dreaming this up and if i am i'm like i'll own up to it i'm I'm pretty (laughs) sure that she blasted people on social media for hating on it because it was quote-unquote they're being quote-unquote sexist also that's my cat can y'all hear that oh yeah i heard it a little bit but i don't I mean, she's obsessed. She's just trying to get in here. Wow. Anyway, pawing out the door. But yeah, I like I like Reitman. Um, I think I might like up in the air a little bit more than this. But the more I've thought about Juno since I watched it last night, the more I think it might be his most like from what I've seen kind of tender, sensitive. This movie is strangely pro-life. Okay. That was one of of the big takeaways. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. We'll talk about that. In the minute. Do we want to do the intro? We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Let's who are you? Who are you, Isaac? I'm Isaac Sint. Wait, are we doing that? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should. Okay. <laughs> I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. I'm Eric Pham, and this is Flyover Film Country, a podcast about movies set in places all forgotten by Hollywood. We are continuing our Flyover Essentials series where we each pick a film that we believe to highlight the Flyover Country experience. For this episode, I picked the 2007 indie film Juno. This is one of my personal favorite films. But before we dive into this film and why I chose it, let's talk about Ready, Set, Podcast. Ready, Set, Podcast has prices to fit any budget, options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. They make it super easy to create your own podcast. They can help you record, edit, and publish. What's happening? (laughs) If you have a podcast idea, they have a free consultation if you reach out to them on their website or on social media. Their website is www.readysetpodcast.xyz. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Isaac Sims, I swear. <laughs> That's me, yeah. I just had, a, had an urge to mess with you. I kept hitting return on the Google Docs. I kept shifting everything down in the middle of her read. It, it's it's was so annoying. I'm a total poly bleaker. I try really hard. I try really hard. <laughs> you're you're like really cool without ever trying, but you I, try I really actually hard. try really hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... 
uh we'll just get started talking about juno this uh for anyone who hasn't seen juno uh when it's it's about the 16 year old girl when she becomes unexpectedly pregnant by her best with her best guy friend a 16 year old girl in small town minnesota decides to give her baby up to the quote-unquote perfect couple she locates in the classified ads which is kind of random to to find an ad like a couple to adopt your baby in in the classified ads, but this movie is kind of random. So, yep. um, yeah, but we've already talked about uh, Jason Reitman. This was his second film as a director following Thank You for Smoking. He's followed that up with, like we talked about earlier, Up in the Air, Young Adult, Labor Day, Men, Women, and Children, and Tully. And he's going to be up directing the upcoming Ghostbusters Afterlife mo- movie. And Diablo Cody was the writer. She wrote the script. This was her first script. She was also 27. Which is crazy to me to think that a 27-year-old could write a movie that was this good and it was her first script. Um, but before she was a writer, do you guys know what she did before she was a, a screenwriter? She is. I did stripper. not. She was a stripper. I only um, know that because you put it in the notes. I was like, was she something ahead. even more outlandish? <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, she was a stripper, but since then, or since writing Juno, she has gone on to write Jennifer's Body, uh, wrote for the show United States of Terra, which was on, I think, Showtime, I believe, which had Tony Collette in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also wrote this script for Young Adult and Tully. Um, apparently, there's a new Madonna movie coming out she's writing, hmm. and she's going to be writing, uh, be a writer for the upcoming CW live action powerpuff girls show which i have a lot of mixed feelings for but we're not going to get into that who's <laughs> so, playing mojo jojo i don't know i don't i just Chloe is he Bennett, the who is he the monkey the monkey yeah. yeah he he's the one who always goes like says his name a lot he'll just say yeah. i am mojo jojo <laughs> classic that's a cartoon you should classic. eric you should say that but uh i am eric fam <laughs> i don't know why but i feel like that fits that's a great line yeah i think that i think me and olivia's great. first and last names have too many syllables in them so <laughs> my first name has so many syllables in them yes in it, so um quick uh quick dive into diablo cody the other stuff that so young adult is this really interesting movie that jess actually picked one night when it was her pick and she didn't like it and i was okay on it but charlie's theron's character is despicable in that movie (laughs) which i think is one reason she didn't the main reason she didn't like it but it's also very much uh like a satire in the sense that young adults especially millennials are a lot of the times uh really self-absorbed and she plays that really well Mm -hmm. but i don't know that much about jennifer's body which is one of her most popular movies on which she was a writer have y'all seen that either of you guys i have not okay because it was directed by karen kusama who directed destroyer with nicole kidman which i absolutely love um i do know jennifer's body had a really good soundtrack because a lot of the bands i listened to around that time were featured on that soundtrack like Panic at the Disco. Uh, but Megan Fox is in it and so is Amanda Seyfried. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, And um what's his name, Johnny? From, what's his face? Yeah. yeah. Johnny Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. From I think, you're both, I think you're both on first. <laughs> so anyway, yep, Karen Kusama anyway. like her. We're doing we're I'm just playing like seven degrees, but and getting us off track. But anyway, we can no, go back. Good. I don't know that much about Di- 
Diablo Cody. So I'll have to go check out Tully and Jennifer's body. Yeah. So uh, this movie was released on Christmas Day in 2007. It had a budget of 7.5 million dollars and it ended up worldwide grossing 232.4 million dollars which is insane considering uh that it was a small budget indie movie it was shot in about 30 days 31 days Mm -hmm. um so it was also nominated for a few different award Oscars, um, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress in a Leading Role, which was Elliot Page. And it's also Elliot Page's only Oscar nom, which is on one hand kind of surprising to me, but also Page has not been in a whole lot in a while. But anyway. Um, this is also-, also like the highest grossing Best Picture nominee for this year. Yes, I saw this that note in there. Yeah, yeah, it was just like yeah. wildly popular. It was wildly popular. Um, it also it Co- Diablo Cody won the Oscar for best original screenplay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else were. I think I wrote down what other movies. Oh yeah, the other four best picture noms that year were Michael Clayton, No Country for Old Men, which won. There will be blood and atonement. So especially mm. compared to those movies, this movie was very much a bright spot. <laughs> those uh, are some which, depressing movies. Yeah, honestly, though, No Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> Most most Oscar like Oscar nominated movies feel super depressing to me unless they're like animated movies. But that's just my opinion. Unless you're cool Toy Story 3. Yeah. But even then it's like man they're about to get incinerated. Toy Story that 3. Was, man, I was, I was like tears about to happen. The yeah. I watched that movie in 3D and I remember I was pretty mad I paid for 3D. It took $5 away from me. It was there's was no reason for that movie to be in 3D. There is no reason for that movie to be in 3D. Yeah, I feel like there's um, very few reasons for any movie to be 3D. I agree. <laughs> Unless it's Mad right. Max Fury Road. Unless it's Spy oh. Kids 3D. Or how can oh, I, how can I be so... 3D. We should do a series on Spy oh Kids. Oh my gosh, Stallone. One of the best <laughs> villains of all time. Game over. I was, that is I, a why was I thinking movie. about this that movie like last week? I was like... Spy Kids? Spy Kids oh 3D specifically. Gosh. Oh, that's I don't know. It's a, it's a chosen it's a one. Classic. It's a classic. And he has a and his girlfriend ends up being a hologram. And Carmen wow, just like waves through. Like, oh, that is a le- one of my favorite le- movies. Yeah, I was obsessed so with Spy much. Kids. It was because it was so fun. Like and all of them are like good. incredible movies. For, like kids. did Robert Rodriguez d- direct all of them? I think so. I think he did. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure he did. Nice. Never did. I never saw the fourth one. I did not um, know there was a fourth one. What's the name? The name the the guy who plays Junie is apparently dating Megan Trainer now. They're married and they're have married. a child. Yeah. So you would say one would say they're permanently dating. I okay. Unless something changes. Or I mean, is that how you would describe your relationship with Jess? You're permanently dating her. I was just trying to make my what yeah. I said fit into what yeah, you yeah. said. I didn't want to be yeah. wrong, but I'm wrong. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Sorry. We should do a series on Spy Kids, though. <laughs> Great. So I'm in. Okay. I'm in. 100. percent We could we could binge all of them, all four of it, them. Easy watches. Yeah. yeah. Super fun. And then a bonus um, app of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Another classic. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can't fight my instincts. <laughs> <laughs> I never got into that business. Yeah. Man. Uh. Yeah. Spy Kids movies had a great cast, much like Juno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in this film, we've got Elliot Page, Michael Sarah, Jennifer Gardner, Jason Bateman, J.K. Simmons, Allison Janney, Olivia Thirlby, and like 
a 60 second cameo of rain wilson which is one of my favorite parts of the entire movie truthfully rain wilson is that he just he slays that scene but he's also like just does not stop until he's not Mm -hmm. in the scene like yes just like over and over and over one-liner 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 it's so good what does he say this is one this is one this is this is one uh doodle that can't be undid home skillet (laughs) yeah he says your ego is prego and then he said because she's like like shaking the the pregnancy test and he goes that ain't no etch a sketch that's one doodle that can't be undid home skillet skillet. makes me laugh every time and i love i love it when before before she she's trying to convince him to give him give her the key Mm -hmm. and he's and then finally he relents and he's like well you know where the bathroom is and he like hands (laughs) the key it's like does she knows where the bathroom is like she goes silencio old man silencio old man This was the height of the office, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. The office was in its like second or third season. Wow. So I don't know if they were still waiting for their like the show to be canceled at the end of each season at that point still or not. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, Rain Wilson was was becoming a big deal because he was in the office. So nice, nice. Um. All right. So that's kind of more or less the background information on it. It was filmed in. Canada and British Columbia. That was another thing. Um, so let's just kind of dive into some discussion. Uh, just out of curiosity, what what were your thoughts on this film? Uh, when was the first time you guys watched this movie? Either either one of you. First time I watched it was last night. Oh, for real? I <laughs> yeah, didn't I'd never seen it. this before. I, th- I think I've seen bits and pieces on TV, but like when I watched it, I was like in the mindset of this is a brand new story to me. Uh, okay. So. Yeah, it was a, it was a I enjoyed it a lot. I'm I decided to take a break from the middle of my Fast and Furious marathon <laughs> movie and uh I'll see watch that this box in set between. looks so cool. <laughs> it revs. Like, yeah. That's uh, one of my one of my favorite sets for sure. I, I watched this in between Fast and Furious four and Fast Five. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot. I like I said, this was like pretty much a brand new movie to me. I did I thought I knew what it was about, but mm-hmm. the movie was completely like subverted my expectations kinda. I did not expect the movie to like dive into the relationship of Jason Bateman's character mm-hmm. and Juno's character um that much. And that was pretty much the core, I would say like one of the main plots of the movie mm-hmm. was their, their relationship and I enjoyed that a lot. Really did not expect to see Jason Bateman in the movie like to the capacity that he was. So yeah. Um I enjoyed it a lot. It was a good story. Uh it had that I think we're going to talk about it, that tooth quirky 2000s, late 2000s mm-hmm. humor and mm-hmm. plot um, that you don't see a lot these days. So, you know, it was fun revisiting a movie or visiting to me uh, for the first time a movie like that. Um, I haven't watched those 2000s comedies and coming of age stories in a long time. So I enjoyed the movie a lot. Nice. I, uh, yeah, I saw this in 2014 with my sister. I think I mentioned that previously, but uh so so my I'll tell you guys my impression of this movie before I saw it. So I've I've mentioned before that I grew up in a a home where I wasn't allowed a wide variety and range of movies, but I still I would see like a like a Walmart stand for Juno when it came out on DVD and I was nominated for Oscars and you you clearly see uh juno's pregnant third trimester uh belly with michael sarah standing there and i was like oh it's like a movie about teen pregnancy and 
we were in seventh grade. So we were like, I was like 12 or 13 at the time. And I always had this impression of like, that's a bad movie because they're having mm. teen sex. And, mm. and it was like, that was the environment. That was just the environment that I grew up in. So when I finally did watch it, it was like freshman year of college. And my sister said, this is actually a really good movie. We should watch it. And I said, okay, I'm not like 12 or 13 anymore. So I have different <laughs> expectations. And now I really appreciate how, how nuanced that the Diablo Coding's script is because it ends up being about Juno's fear about um, just the permanency of the family system. And a lot of Ivan Reitman's other movies are about that. Like mm-hmm. Men and Women and Children, it's the same thing. Um, even in Up in the Air, which I really like, George Clooney's in there and he falls in love with Vera Farmiga's character. And then it, it turn and they have like multiple affairs because they both travel for work all the time. And then it turns out the big twist of the movie is that he goes to her home and she's married. And so he has this big and it, but still the movie is worth seeing. It's like very funny, like Clooney's performance is great. Um, And so, and so I, I appreciate that about him. And I, I've heard a lot of critiques from people whose, pers- uh, whose opinions on film, I really respect and that they don't like him. But I wasn't allowing that to color my impression of the movie last night. I was I was very impressed with how this movie tenderly weaves the story of motherhood and like not being ready or, or being immature and being like I just I want to have sex and that's like teenagers do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And then also, but also like, okay, I'm responsible. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get an abortion. Like that's established so early on in the movie. Um, and it gives kind of this weight to, to Juno's character that I really, really appreciate. So. Yeah. And I think that that's a, I think a lot of that is true. Um, I think her stepmom says it at one point, but I think Bren says something, I think after Juno tells them that she's pregnant her mom her stepmom goes uh, i think i think teenagers get bored and they have sex which is true i mean we when we bo- were bored we're wanting to somehow be stimulated somehow like in some way shape or form and that's kind of what happened um even though like a- as the movie progresses you can see that that Juno and Bleaker's relationship is is significant and it's not like oh we were just having sex um but yeah and yeah so going off of what the last thing you said Isaac about uh you know she chooses not to have an abortion what do you guys think the message of this film was uh orange tic-tacs <laughs> yeah. I, I really I think it is about I think it I think one of the messages is it's okay to be afraid mm-hmm. about the future of your relationships with people because they will change um and they Rose really wants to get in here sorry um they they will change and you you establish or they establish early on that you know she has all the dead cacti in her room from her mom that she never sees because she just she left her dad um when she was really little and and like and then you don't really think about that until later on when you're she's she's so upset that mark and uh, vanessa are getting a divorce Mm -hmm. she's like i wanted this to be something like for my baby that i could never have and i know that i can't provide for yeah she whenever she whenever Mark says I'm leaving Vanessa, 
she obviously gets really upset and says, I want things to be perfect. I don't want them to be shitty and broken like everyone else's family, mm-hmm. which I don't know about you guys, but around this time, a lot of people I knew that were like my, like our, our age, their parents were getting divorced. So it just felt very significant to me whenever she said that, because I watched this movie in 2008, like within the year it came out. And so I, I've been watching this movie for for years at this point. But yeah. Um, How many times would you say you've seen it? Oh boy. It's it's a movie I've seen so many times. I've I've lost count of how many times I've seen it. Um, so, so it's your fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh like that for me as well. Um I wrote a paper in grad school on this movie. Nice. That's how much I love this movie. Nice. So, um, what was what was your thesis? It it was the point it, it wasn't my thesis uh that I wrote this on. It <laughs> well, was Well, what was your thesis statement? Sorry. I meant to say. Oh, I can, uh, I couldn't even tell you. I'm so, I'm so removed from academia. I'm like so ignorant <laughs> now. Just like that's wrong. The only paper movie I ever wrote a paper on was Mulan and why it's like the best Disney movie because it's like she's like the only princess that doesn't need rescuing. Mm, <sighs> I wrote that. So great. I don't know why um, I wrote that for some reason I wrote about it. Nice. What's your Juno, Eric? Probably either Hot Rod or Transformers. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I, figured, I figured Transformers yeah. was, one, was one of them. Yeah, okay, definitely. sorry. We can, keep, nice. we can keep moving. I just wanted to... No, you're good. I was just going to say... Uh, I wanted to have- like emphasize how important this movie is for you. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's... it. Yeah, for me, it's one of those movies that... I think it was one of the first movies I remember just being kind of in love with. I like, I loved the character of Juno. I thought she was quirky and funny. Um, she was super dry and sarcastic, which of anyone who knows me knows I'm all about that. The soundtrack immediately drew me in. I love the opening credit scene. Um, I thought that was really cool. It kind of reminded me cause it's animated and it reminded me mm-hmm. of like a like an indie version of like the Scott Pilgrim opening credit scene um, where it brings in all the characters or all the actors and shows different things that might like hint to those characters that they play. Um, but it's it's like that kind of singer songwriter soundtrack feel to it that it has throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, but going back to the question of the message of the film, uh, Diablo Cody has gone on record multiple times saying she, if she could go back, she wouldn't have written Juno because so many people have used it as as part of their political agenda. And she's she said that it was never meant to be about being anti-choice or anti-abortion. Um, she she will go on record and say that she's very much like pro-choice, pro-abortion. Um, mm. She's not necessarily pro-life uh, in that sense. Um, but I think it's easy to just look at this movie and be like, well, yeah, of course, of course she is. But this movie for her was, was just like how, like what would happen if a 16 year old decided to have a baby? Um, and, and it was less about trying to make some sort of political statement. Mm. Um, so I wanted that to be, said before we we moved on um when they're like i think about this and it was less about trying to make some sort of political statement Mm. um so i wanted that to be said before we we moved on um when they're like i think about the 
she tells what's her friend's name leah, leah. she tells leah i i want to give it to to some family who or to a couple that she says something about like the woman's the mom's ovaries a couple, being messed up or, yeah. or a couple of nice a, lesbos a couple of nice which, lesbos which is again like for for the atmosphere in which i was growing up was mm-hmm. would not be uh considered funny at all <laughs> so, that was and, funny and, and, and yeah, it, it, it is funny, funny now because also it's like this movie's old it's like 14 years yeah old. Um, it's aged pretty well honestly yeah yeah, yeah i would say so it, yeah. it's funny that i watched this like last night for the first time and all the themes and a lot of plot elements i have a lot of friends right now who are having kids um <laughs> and going through honestly kind of similar situations and it, it gave me kind of insight into like what they're going through because i obviously do not have any kids and i i'm so far away from that situation so it's 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 pretty funny seeing my friends go through that situation right now um, some of them you know Olivia. yeah <laughs> and, and uh then watching this movie and it's it's cool to compare and contrast the 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 what you see in the movie to what's going on in real life because um, they they do a lot of I mean this is a pretty accurate representation I would say um, of of what you go you would go through mm-hmm. yeah um, and you know teen pregnancy is something that that is almost always I don't I don't know a time in which it's I guess there's a rare exception of it being viewed as as a good thing or a positive thing but typically it's viewed as a super negative thing especially here in flyover country right. Mm-hmm. Um, you would rather have uh, your kid get expelled, or yeah, what, or be on hard drugs, or be on hard drugs than than get pregnant, right? In their um, especially if you come from a religious family, and so which so I, I think th- if they sorry to interrupt, but I think no. it, that it was wise of Diablo Cody to not write in any kind of religious background because that would have been too many, and like there's the perfect amount of nuance, and like you don't expect different character motivations and then revelations mm-hmm. that if you had had the backdrop of religion in this movie, it would have been too complicated to address yeah. fully. I well, think. and, and the character of Bryn, she does go to church. She is sort of religious, but she's not, she's not like the, the uppity super judgy Christian who's going to condemn anyone. Right. Like she cusses, she, Oh, she's upset that Juno's pregnant, but she's supportive and is is ready to help out. And she and she steps into the role of mom, even though that's she's she's not her mom. Um, mm-hmm. And she does all the stuff that you know a mom would do, like take her to the to get her uh, ultrasound, and then verbally abuses the ultrasound technician for being <laughs> uppity and judgy. That took me off guard. That scene, I was like, "Why would you?" I'm just, oh, that's a relief. Like, yeah, you know better like, than you know better than to say that. So the one that got me, there was a line about Woody Allen, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." That was before was that all the Woody Allen time? stuff. That that one it, is crazy. It, I imagine it probably in Hollywood circles, probably not ahead of its time, but for the general public, it. I think it was probably ahead of its time. Although I think I don't know the whole timeline of the Woody Allen thing, but it was it's really funny. It's it's oh, gross, yeah. but funny. Um quick quick Woody Allen uh tangent. What what Woody Allen movies have you guys seen? Ants. Ants. <laughs> oh, he did ants? I've seen ants though. Ants. He was like screw seen. Bugs Life. I watched Midnight Paris and God what a joke. What a horrendous pretentious movie. I did not like it. I don't Midnight okay, Paris. so <laughs> that's a that's the thing like i haven't saw, actively sought out any of his movies i know that like kate winslet isn't i think kate 
Winslet is in Wonder Wheel and she stated that she was ashamed to be a part of that production now knowing all that. And also, I don't think it's a very good movie, but I do. I, I was recommended Annie Hall in 2014 by a friend. I met at a church camp that I was, we were both working at and I really do love Annie Hall. Like, I don't think I could go back and watch it now and be able to separate Woody Allen from it. Um, but that, and even Midnight in Paris, I'm like, I don't know. I don't have a problem with Midnight in Paris, but I understand if you do, Eric. Anyway. Oh my God. I love Woody Allen. And she, and Leah calls their teacher <laughs> Keith. Like he's so cute. And he's like 48 and like wears a sweater vest. Now. Yeah. People like that. Beard. I mean, yeah. yeah. You don't see a lot into, well, you do see a lot, a little bit into the high school, but it's such an accurate depiction of. Yeah. Like, the there, there were people I know that were in our class, Eric, that yeah. found one of our teachers attractive. And I was just like, why uh, speaking of oh, man speaking of this what we're talking about the, did i the only weird thing I, I don't know if it's a negative the relationship <laughs> between mark and juno was a little yeah. bit strange at yeah times. let's talk about yeah. that because that that was something that i i had as a discussion point what yeah okay tell me what, what your thoughts are on that relationship because it's it's gross yeah i thought it was a little strange because he obviously knows that juno is a high school student and she's vulnerable. Yes. She's a high school student. They're right. on music and yeah. film. Yeah. And he's definitely like making a move on her. I mean, like, this is the type of like that's what guys do. And he was definitely pulling out all the moves. And yeah. I thought was, it was a little bit creepy at times. It was. Yeah. So yeah. So there in the basement, he's he's trying to is he is he subtly saying, like, I want to be with you? I don't know. I, every time because I he doesn't movie, say, I and I was kind of looking. I, I like watched that scene very carefully, and I was like, okay, he never really says it, but the way that he emphasizes, I thought I didn't expect you to be this upset. Mm-hmm. He's kind of saying without saying, uh, I thought you'd be glad so that we could be together or something like. Yeah, that. or or like some something. You never really feel all right about him from the first time. No, because yeah, you you don't like I I I what scene is it? Oh, this is a scene whenever they meet for the first time. They all meet for the first time, and Juno asks Vanessa about being a mom, and and she's just elated. She's so excited. She just mm-hmm. so badly wants to be a mom. And then he, she goes, oh, what about you, Mark? Uh, are you excited to be a dad? And he's like, mm-hmm, you, you betcha. And it's like very half-hearted. It doesn't seem super sincere. And so from jump, you're like, I don't know about Mark. Um, but yeah, he clearly has some boundary issues. <laughs> boundary issues. Like that's, I feel like that's an understatement. Um, and it, it's always interesting to me every time I watch this movie to think about what he's actually wanting from Juno. Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing for you to try to get to know her given that situation. Like, I know people who've, who've gone through the adoption process and have gotten to know the birth mom and, um, you know, try to have a good relationship with them. But to spend that much time, like, alone with her and you're a grown adult man and but she also is like seeking it out she is putting on lipstick and stuff i'm not i'm not like recusing mark of any role that he plays in it but i think that kind of that those scenes take on a new meaning for me when you when i think about how she's so sad that they're getting a divorce and and she never really and this is maybe we can talk about this a little bit she never really wants Bleeker involved, even though 
as you pointed out, Olivia, he says, what should we do? Yeah. Whenever she tells him that she's pregnant instead of saying, oh, well, I mean, tough luck. What are you going to do? Uh, like Bleak mm-hmm. wants to be involved, but he does. he's a junior in high school or whatever. So he doesn't know how to say, like, I want to help. He like, you know, like a lot, yeah. n- not emotionally mature enough to do that, even though um, he wants to. And Juno doesn't really let him be involved. She even says like, you should go out with this other girl. Like, even though he said like, well, I miss you. I want to be with you. So it's like, it's just very, very skillful writing. Of like all it, the, all those characters. Yeah, because there's a lot of dynamics there. Because if you mm-hmm. think about, I, I was thinking about it like therapeutically, I was trying to conceptualize the character of Juno. Her mom has basically abandoned her. She, I imagine that she and Bryn have never just really gotten along. So, I, and I imagine that she probably doesn't look for relationship advice from her dad or anything like that. And I imagine her like self-esteem is just not super high anyway. Uh, kind of comes off as the cool, like I, I'm cool and better than everyone else because I'm not like into the same things everyone else is. But typically there's a sense of uh, a layer of vulnerability underneath that, right? And so I imagine that, that Bleaker just accepting her for who she is, like wholeheartedly, unapologetically who she is, is probably too much for her to handle. And that's why when they are in this situation of, oh crap, we're pregnant, she pushes him away because she doesn't feel like she deserves his you know, unconditional love. And at the same time, there's this older guy who is also kind of cool and edgy and likes the same kind of music and is into the same kind of weird movies that she's into. And so, well, maybe I'll just slide into this situation even though it's weird i'm not really sure what's going on but i'm 16 and he's a grown man and so i'm a child and he's he's an adult um and i again i understand that he was trying it seemed like he was trying to get to know her but it was it was weird and gross and he should have set better better boundaries because he's the adult in the situation oh yeah now, for sure now do you know like, yes, she was seeking it out and putting on like lipstick and stuff. Mark should have shut that down, but he didn't because he was burnt out on his, I imagine he was burnt out on his relationship and uh, felt maybe a little thrill of, oh, this this weird someone situation new. come up. But the, yeah, there's someone new who who is interested in the same music as me and it likes the same weird stuff that I do, even if it's not quote unquote contributing to society. Um, so those are my thoughts on that whole situation. I was, I'm keeping my microphone muted because our cat is pawing on our, on my door. So sorry. <laughs> no, what, what was y'all's favorite? Just like, Oh my gosh. Uh, line from Juno. My favorite was when she was talking about, how the Chinese government puts babies in t-shirt guns. <laughs> you should have gone to uh, China. Yeah, that I was really good. I was like, that whoa. Was great line. <laughs> I think mine is the Woody Allen, but that's why a very close second to Slash tied for first. Oh, oh my gosh, man. Woody Allen. What are you doing? Picking up trash? <laughs> uh, I also love what she says. My guitar is named Theodore. Uh, wait, wait. No, Roosevelt. No, Roosevelt. Not Teddy Franklin, you know, the hot one with he had uh, polio. polio. <laughs> I was like, golly. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't even know. I just want you guys to know, and whoever's listening to this, Juno is quoted at least once a day in my household. Like, my mom and I can work in a Juno reference so easily. 
it's it's kind of amazing but this is this is a clement family favorite movie is this that's incredible is this movie viewed with the same affection as pitch perfect for your father probably yeah really that's cool no oh that's, sorry sorry i to the i sorry i misunderstood that i don't know how i could have worded it better that. i apologize no i it's you're good i would say my mom used it to the same affection dude that's kind of yeah. but i don't know i don't know if my dad has seen this movie really? but i know my mom brother and i really like it i say my brother really likes it i may just be speaking for him um anyway eric are there is there anything else you want to talk about specifically about this movie we should talk about the the cast of characters mm-hmm. uh because we really only get to spend time with Juno and and Mark and Michael. C- I, I was honestly kind of surprised that Michael Sarah wasn't in the movie as much. Mm-hmm. I thought those two were going to be the main. I mean, and he's in it, but it really, I think, focuses. What I was drawn to the most was Mark and Juno's relationship. Um, then there's the there's that fun fun relationship, of course, with with uh, her and her family. I, I found all the dinner table scenes and the scenes with her um and jk simmons a delight to watch Mm -hmm. that scene where she is talking to him uh towards the end of the movie after she finds out mark's leaving her or leaving vanessa that was such a sweet moment and i think it it meant more to me now as an adult than it did to me when i was like 14 um and another part of the movie that really was so sweet to me was when juno went back to the loring's house and left the note for vanessa that you don't know what it says until the end of the movie. Um, but it says, Vanessa, if you're still in, I, I'm in. And that really was which is such a sweet moment to me, I think. Because I think from the jump, Vanessa could tell Juno did not like her or care for her as much as Mark, yeah. as, as she did for Mark. So uh, how are we doing on time? I, I know we are running up on time. We are doing good. Um, I was going to ask, and you had put this question in the outline, Olivia, I think that would mm-hmm. be a good topic, but just about teen pregnancy and how it's viewed as such a negative thing. And you had, you put in the outline, like, how are pregnant girls treated when you were in high school? Mm-hmm. And how's that view changed since you were in high school? So I was going to ask you guys, since y'all went to the same high school, and then I, I was going to share some some of my thoughts. Yeah, I know that there was one girl we went to high school with. I think she was a year older than us, That she and her boyfriend got pregnant, but they, they kept the baby. And I, I think that they like ended up getting married. I think it was ended up being a good situation. I have no idea where these people are at now. Um, yeah, I remember. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was not a common thing. There was definitely one, maybe two. I don't know. For as big as our high school was, you would think there would have been more. I say that there was a girl on the basketball team who I think had a kid before she started playing with us. I think she transferred from another local high school to us. And I think she had a, had a baby. And now there's another girl on the basketball team who I remember having a baby later. Uh, I say that. And I have friends that are like our age, but they're pretty much teenagers with teenager mindset and they have kids right now. So I related to that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, they're definitely not ready for kids and they're going through the situation uh, but yeah it's uh i did not ever really have one opinion or the other about it i mean i, I don't know I, th- I always thought teen pregnancies i don't i really did not feel one way or the other about it yeah. it's a big i mean it's a big discussion to be have about you know mm-hmm. sex ed and like when you're and like being sexually active and all that stuff uh but they're i mean i was homeschooled which is a typically very sheltered 
And I knew a girl who got pregnant by a guy uh, our junior year. We were like doing a bunch of classes at a co-op together. And that was a big deal. And I, it was just kind of like, oh, okay. And then I, I, I mean, she wasn't like bullied or anything, but like he wasn't the best person. So that was a weird situation. But then like on, on sex in general, like in our church youth group, there were a lot of like unhealthy uh conversations and gossip from adults mm-hmm. who would tell the other youth group leaders specifically junior and seniors in high school like so-and-so had sex with so-and-so they like confessed it in our small group time tonight and then they spread oh. all that around which oh. is really gross TMI much? about yeah uh, seriously so not, not their business to be telling that's wild it's, that's actually mind-blowing for me to think about that they're talking about like that stuff just openly yep so are they dropping names? Oh, I'm not going to. I'm just kidding. I mean, but uh, like they were dropping names like Oh yeah, that, like so and so and so and so. Wow, that's wild. Did the deed and uh And how old were you? I was like a junior. No, I was like a senior. So like 18 16, in high school. 17 or 18. 17 18. We all, we all knew. We all knew about the birds and the bees. So <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Yep. That is crazy. So, um yeah. I think that the high school version of me would have been somewhat judge. I say somewhat. I probably would have been judgmental had like one of my closer friends gotten pregnant. I would like to think that I would have been supportive of them during that process because I cannot imagine being pregnant in high school or ever, but especially in high school. Um, because like Juno says, she has to wear the evidence underneath her sweater and girls often get, uh, they, they, get a bunch of crap for being pregnant like uh, like there's people are so mean to them um i what was my stat i found an article pregnancy is the number one reason girls drop out of high school girls who leave due to becoming pregnant report that they had they would have stayed if they had received better support from the adults at their school not even from family but from the adults at their school uh which from that was from an aclu article um, but yeah, and you see that at Juno's school, right? Like the secretary in the office is just staring at her stomach and she doesn't say anything, but you can tell she's hardcore judging her. And, you know, I just wonder like how different that whole process could be for teenage girls if, if there were more people coming around them to support them in in such a scary situation. And then, and then you get the like the first wide angle shot of her walking against foot traffic inside the school hallway to her locker before she has a, a bump. And then after she gets a bump, they have that same shot and everyone's like staring at her. Right. Um, and then the VJ, the guy that's running next <laughs> yeah. to Bleaker, it's like, did you hear that so-and-so is pregnant? Like, oh yeah. Uh, no, he says, did you hear that Juno McGuffin yeah. is pregnant like our mothers and teachers <laughs> which but then it's repeated by someone else later and like by our like like our mother like our mothers and teachers so yeah. i probably said that wrong no you did it's, it's like that's a very yeah. reference that it's like you're in high school so and so the only pregnant. people the yeah, only people yeah. pregnant are your mothers and teachers that's it um and then uh, he says that hilarious thing about his sperm count what did, what did <laughs> yeah. you say i'm gonna stop wearing underwear <laughs> to yes. yeah <laughs> it's like what did you, who told you, should, you that you you should grow a mustache i can't 
Me neither. <laughs> Except Michael Sarah can't grow a mustache now. He grows a pretty good mustache. He does, yeah. Um, something else I want to hit on before we wrap up, I know we don't have a whole lot of time, is that it this movie also hits on infertility in women, which I think is becoming more and more of a conversation now. But it definitely wasn't at the time of this film. And I, I mean, I say it definitely wasn't. I was... F- 13 14 when this movie came out so that could have been a conversation that i just wasn't a part of because i was a teenager i was in middle school um but i appreciate it so much more as an adult because i do know so many women who have struggled with infertility for years and it's it's so hard to watch them go through that because so many women like vanessa so badly want to be a mom and think like that's that's why they were put on this earth that was their purpose um and uh i saw that six percent of married women have infertility uh and 12 percent of married women have difficulty getting pregnant or carrying a pregnancy to term it also that same article was talking about how i think it's like four or five percent of men struggle with infertility as well like they're like um so it's not just like women who deal with it it's men as well um but you know just out of curiosity like how have you guys ever even thought about infertility like has that ever been an issue brought up in y'all's lives or anything like that i we're we're not you know trying to have kids right now but i mean that's that's jess and i've talked about that how that is a possibility because it's just mm-hmm. always a possibility you know just don't know what it's going to be how that process is going to go and if it's going to be you know one or both of us is going to have issues with it. So, and it didn't, yeah, those, those scenes with Vanessa and Mark didn't quite hit me. I guess j- I, like if I watched it and we were um, pregnant or trying to have a kid, it probably would mm-hmm. a little bit more. But um, my sister-in-law had had a, some struggles with that or, and, and, my, and my brother, they, they went through that for almost two years. I think um, it was a, that was a really hard time for them. But they just had a baby in August and he's super cute. So awesome. That's a happy ending. But. That is a happy ending. Yeah. Um, I, th- I just think that that scene in in their house where Juno or Vanessa is talking about how great, how wonderful and beautiful she thinks pregnancy is. And Juno replies, you're lucky it's not you. <laughs> the expression on Jennifer Gardner's face was so subtle, but it was so good. I think it was it was probably one of her best scenes ever and it just it it was just a heartache you could just tell it on her face um and so that's just that's just something that a lot of women go through and it's not really talked about a whole lot um and that's where i, I like want to praise the script again because diablo cody obviously recognizes that sect of the population that struggles mm-hmm with infertility and and marries it to this like like what kind of interactions would you get if you had someone who got got pregnant willy-nilly and doesn't really care to be in that situation mm-hmm. and someone who would give anything to be in that situation mm-hmm. and and how like someone who is 16 years old doesn't know themselves enough to be ready to take care for that baby and Juno admits to that yeah um and it and that that the situations just kind of arise so yeah yeah and she even says you know i'm i'm 16 i don't know what i'm doing i can't raise i don't know what kind of girl i am yeah that was really sad when she said that yeah so um i also love that so you had a note in here about how much edgar wright liked this movie and how i bet led to michael sarah and scott pilgrim 
It probably did. Yeah. So this was a this is a fun little tidbit. Um, so Diablo Cody saw Napoleon Dynamite, and that inspired her to write a script in a similar manner, which is. It, I had never thought about that before. It kind of does sort of have that feel. There's way more going on in this movie than in Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite is just kind of like nothing but everything. I love. I mean, I love Napoleon. You know, Dynamite. eat your food. That's my. That's my uh, Napoleon Dynamite go-to quote. Tina, you fat lord. Tina, you fat lord. Eat your food. And he's like throwing it on the spatula. Um. Yeah, but <laughs> but Edgar Wright, uh, I guess read. Diablo Cody's script and called it the fallopian dynamite, <laughs> which I love so much. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. Yeah. So I think that's a good little fun fact to end on. Um, but before we wrap up this episode, we want to make sure we thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you taking time to listen to us talk about movies. Uh, we clearly love this. So uh, we want to encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. Be a big help to us. Uh, please share this with your friends, family, and whoever you know enjoys films, especially Juno. So our Flyover Central series sees each of us selecting two films we view as well, essential to flyover country. This means we're back to Eric's second and final pick. Eric, do you have your second pick picked? Yeah, I think I just picked it two seconds ago. Um, nice. I'm going to go with uh, the Coen Brothers 2010 True Grit, starring yes. Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon, Hedy Steinfeld, Josh Brolin, and a pretty, pretty amazing cast. Is One of my favorite cast. movies of all time. So Featuring yes. uh, Matt Damon almost biting through his tongue and then lifting <laughs> yeah. for the final quarter of the movie. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be a great watch. A good uh, companion piece to, to everything we've watched so far. Yes, Very so cool. Very and like the first period piece for yeah. our... Yes. Well, no. Days and Confused is a period piece. Oh, yeah, piece. that's true. Technically. Yeah. That's true. Technically. That's true. But this is like a period, period piece. So Yeah. I had a great time watching True Grit in theaters. I guess it came out around Christmas time. Yeah. Did you see it in theaters, Eric? I did as well for bonus credit. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. So, well, yeah. Olivia, great pick. Rose thinks it's a great pick too. Was that... Did she meow? Yeah, just now. Okay, I, heard that. I thought I heard that. And... She's scratching me trying to get up in my lap. Oh, Rose. I can make her meow. Sweet, Hold on a second. sweet little baby. Oh, I never thought one of our cats would be featured on the podcast, but here we are. So hi, Rose. She needs she needs all the love and support she can get these days. <laughs> now that there's another cat. Yep, yep. Sandor's taken uh taking a lot of attention from her. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm Isaac signing off from Conway, Arkansas. She's not meowing like I hope she would. I'm Eric signing off from Arkansas. I'm Olivia signing off from Oklahoma. And Rose says, "Watch flyover movies." Meow. Oh, that was such a great impression of Rose. Yep. Yeah.